0: We're in John chapter 6. Jesus has been up in the Galilee area. He's been doing miracles. He's been healing many people. He just fed the 5,000. And they have found their way back around to Capernaum. And this crowd, this multitude... They've been infiltrated now, because of popularity of Jesus, with the religious leaders. The the religious leaders from Jerusalem have come down to Capernaum, and they're starting to stir up unbelief in this crowd. This crowd challenges Jesus. And they wanna know what work will you perform that we can see, then we will believe you. (laughs) The miracles that Jesus has just done doesn't seem to resonate with them. The healing of the sick, the infirmed, and the feeding of the 5,000 men, not counting women and children, with uh, uh, five loaves and two fish, or maybe it's the other way around, two fish and five loaves, I don't know. But anyway... But the heart of the crowd is revealed. They want to see Jesus do more signs, or basically, they want to be fed again by the Lord. And they're saying, Jesus, if you are who you say you are, Moses gave us, our fathers, manna from heaven. Can you do the same? But Jesus corrects their thinking. And he says, Moses gave you nothing, but my father gave you bread and manna. And he will also give you true bread from heaven. And the bread from heaven is spiritual. It's spiritual bread. And this bread is myself who came down from heaven. So Jesus is speaking very plainly to the crowd. But he says, your hearts, they're full of unbelief. You refuse to believe. And Jesus concludes this discourse with them in verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Everyone who sees and believes, that still applies today. Everyone who sees and believes in Jesus has everlasting life. And Jesus, he's explained in details who he is and how everlasting life comes through him. It's interesting how many different Christian denominations there are. But Jesus doesn't give salvation to denominations or churches. He gives life to individuals. So let's read part of today's text, and that's in John six, forty-one through 45. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up, At the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Interesting that the Jews murmured. We would say they probably were grumbling. Murmur describes the sound. Of grumbling, it's a low-toned complaining. Everybody kind of using the whisper voices, and there sounds like a murmur coming forth. This murmuring indicates a disagreement with Jesus's teaching, and this this crowd disagrees with Jesus and what he said. I am the bread which came down from heaven. But Jesus said this six times in chapter 6. Six times he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. He says this because the Jews are full of unbelief. They murmur, they challenge Jesus' words of truth. The Jews do not ask Jesus to explain himself But they argue with him. We know who you are, Jesus. You're the son of Joseph. Another uh, one of the gospels says, we were not born out of fornication. So they knew, they have done their homework on Jesus. So how can you say, Jesus, I came down from heaven? And Jesus has a reply. Do not murmur among yourselves, Or listen to yourselves and listen to your own petty complaints as if murmuring is a good argument. It's not. It's just disagreement. Murmuring is an attitude, not a defense or argument. Then a statement that Jesus says, and this one is worth underlining. What What a statement. Verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. No one. How many is that? Zippo, none. No one can come to me unless God the Father draws him. Salvation is a work of the Godhead. The Spirit works in us to bring us to believe. God the Father draws us. Consider Jesus, my Son, and Jesus in his work on the cross and resurrection fulfills salvation. Now, if salvation is a work of the Godhead, why do we sometimes put ourselves on a guilt trip? How come my friends don't believe? I have relatives that are unsaved. Why is most of the world unbelieving? We can ask ourselves those questions. But there's a word of comfort here. We are not the Holy Spirit. We're not the Father or the Son. And we never gave our lives... For anyone to be saved, and the most—and it, it's critical, I think—that we understand this. The most we can be is a signpost: Jesus over here, or Jesus this way. That's the most we can do. This way to Jesus, like Nathaniel. Nathaniel was known for bringing people to Jesus, and contrary to what we think. We do not love that sinner like God loves them. So in our personal evangelizing, simply lead people to Jesus and let the Godhead do the work of salvation. All we can do is present it. Verse 45, God words, it tells us, learn from Scripture Written in the prophets, or even at this time Jesus is referring to the Old Testament. Learn from the scriptures. Be taught of God. Learn from the Father, and then come to me. The thought that I can honor or worship God the Father apart from Jesus is ludicrous. But there's so many religions in the world that say they seek God apart from Jesus. And that cannot happen. Christianity happens to be the only way to a relationship with God the Father through Jesus. Christianity tells us God reached out to man. Not us reaching out to God. These same Jews are there in that crowd. They seek God the Father, but they reject his Son. And Jesus is going to great lengths to say, He and the Father are one. You cannot believe in the Father apart from Jesus. Therefore, this eliminates many of the religions of the world. You can't do it. Let's let's read now verse 46 through 59. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which came down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your father ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Jesus speaks of eating and drinking of himself, and I do not necessarily relate this to communion. You can, it's obvious, but I don't think that's really what Jesus was talking about. He's speaking of believing, being submerged into him, coming after him with all your strength, soul, and mind. Verse 47, he says, most assuredly, he who believes in me has everlasting life from the bread of life. Two times Jesus declares he is the living bread, and that's in verses 50 and 51. Our Lord Jesus came and he took on human form. He came and dwelt among us. And for us to have everlasting life, the only requirement is belief. But belief in a complete, thorough way. Not just giving mental assent to, but believing to the point of having a lifestyle change. Now we know that we're not allowed to judge anyone that says they believe or do not believe. The Lord doesn't give us that privilege. But we can witness, we can see lives changed before our very eyes. All we have to do is look back at our own lives. When you were born again, did your life not completely change? Did your habits not change? How about your attitudes? an overhaul on your attitudes. Our thought processes became new simply because we now believed. We are to be consumed into our Lord, eating and drinking our Savior. And you know, when you've really believed in the Lord, you want everybody around you to also believe. And we can, we can become a, a nuisance, a pestering nuisance to our friends when we become born again. <laughs> they don't necessarily want to be around us because of what we talk about all the time. But Jesus gives us another most assuredly, and that's in verse 53, and he, he declares... If you're not consuming me, you have no life in you. If I'm not your all in all, I won't take second place. There is a danger, I think, with those of us who have been Christians for any length of time. And that's our... Belief in Jesus, belief in the cross and the resurrection, it can become commonplace in our hearts and lives. I would say to us, allow the Holy Spirit to keep Jesus the center point of your life. Do not grow tired of Calvary. Allow it to possess you. Eat and feast upon the work of Jesus Absorb Jesus into your physical, everyday life. Fellowship with Jesus. Eat and drink of him. We need to allow Jesus to be part of our everyday life. And the only way we can do that is by feeding upon him. Feed upon him like we do regular food, just every day. Let it be a process. In verse 58, it says, This bread which came down from heaven, not the physical manna your fathers ate in the wilderness. They ate and they are dead. But he who eats spiritual bread that I offer will live forever. And Jesus says he's been teaching in the synagogue there at Capernaum. They wanted to hear from Jesus. They give him an opportunity to teach in the synagogue, and in the synagogues, you you had someone who taught, but you had interaction with that person who taught, and the people are interacting with Jesus. And we know that this obviously was a Sabbath, and Jesus has spoken hard things to this crowd. Of fellow Jews. He's rattling cages. He's shocking this crowd. With his words. He's calling his fellow Jews. Into a lifestyle change. And they thought they were okay in their lifestyle. And he's saying believe in me who came down from heaven and feed upon me spiritually in the same way that you would feed upon food and drink. And Jesus is offering himself to his people as the bread of life. Come down from heaven, and that concludes his sermon in verse 58. This sermon started back in verse 26, when he said, most assuredly. But let me read you one more verse, verse 60. When the disciples and the people hear this sermon, they have a reaction. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? So I ask you, who can understand it? We, as born-again Christians, believe and understand the words of our Savior Jesus, and we are counted blessed. And the reward? Everlasting life. What better deal can you get than that? But Jesus' words, even to his own people, are not accepted. The Jews today do not accept Jesus. In fact, it's only Christianity that does accept Jesus. Jesus wasn't just a good prophet before his time. He wasn't just an intellect that was trying to make his mark on the world. He was the bread of life, came down from heaven for us. And we are drawn to him by God the Father. It's not a work of us, but a work of God towards us. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father, First of all, we thank you for sending your son to show us the way to suffer the cross, to rise again, overcoming sin and death, and providing for us a relationship with you. And Lord, we would pray that... As we run into those that do not believe that we would just be a signpost pointing them to you, Jesus. And we ask you by your spirit to do a good work in hearts and lives. Lord, you told us that you came to seek and to save the lost. We never saved anyone. We can go through our programs of evangelism and all this, Lord. But it's you who saves it's you who changed lives it's you who set us on our feet and wash us clean Lord and we thank you for that and so may our heart may our lives be centered upon you and your good work upon the cross so Lord don't let us be like the multitude that doesn't believe but give us a heart that is believing And we pray and ask for this in Jesus' name. Our worship team refuses to come back up here and do a closing song.